Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope, that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. for today if you want to get your notes out. Um, I love Sundays like this where I can sit back and enjoy the message with you as our church. And it was amazing how God lined this up. You know, we had we were planning to have Pastor Kyle speak, who's spoken here a, a couple times, and we were so thankful for him. But he had a last-minute thing where his pastor had to travel out of town last minute. And so I just had, I felt like God placed this guy on my heart to come speak today. And um, he's been an example to me pretty much my whole life in ministry. That's what it means to be faithful. That's what it means to take one step after the other and keep going. To be an amazing husband, father, and pastor. And I really do look up to this guy. And I'm going to tell you, lean in today. Because it's going to be some things that we need to hear. And some things that really do challenge us and uplift us. And I'm just so thankful uh, for Pastor Joe, who I'm going to introduce in just a second. We've worked in ministry for a long time and supported and prayed for Adrian and I on our church planting journey. Uh, he might, you know, speak a little in English, preach a little in Spanish. Just get ready. He might. He might go back and forth. You never know. He's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, so we'll pray for him, you know, deliverance over that because uh, we're in Champa Bay here. He knows that. Um, but would you just give honor where honor's due? In just a second, I'm going to have you, you stand to your feet. But I just want to, you know, just tell you it's going to be a great message today. And local church has been impacted by Pastor Joe and his impact in my life, and uh, you're going to see that today. So would you stand to your feet? Come on, give some honor to Pastor Joe Lugo as he comes to share today. Thank you, man. Well, it's an honor and a privilege to be with you here today. I'm excited to share. I'm so impressed by what you have going on here. Um, the serve team is amazing. Yes, yes. You guys rock. May I say the worship team is pretty good too. Yeah, yes, yes. I got to say the drummer, being a drummer myself, he's on point. Oh, yeah. He's on point. Very soulful, very smooth, man. Love that. And then what can I say about you, Pastor? He's been a friend. He's been an example to me. He's spoken life into my my life, and I'm so proud, honored to be your friend, to be your partner in ministry as we minister to the Champa Bay area, if you will. So thank you so much. I am honored and privileged to be with you tonight or today. With me is my beautiful wife, Sandy, and my two good-looking sons and their girlfriends, Matthew and Andrew. I don't know if they're here with me or if they're just here, but I know she's here with me. You know, today I want to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart. It's been something that's always been on my heart, it continues to be on my heart, and I struggled with it. And even today, I still struggle with it. I want to talk about your calling. I want to talk about what God's called you. You know, one of the hardest things for us is to figure out what it is that God's called me to do. You know, we, we receive the Lord, and then we ask, so what's next? And sometimes we can spend a whole entire life just trying to figure out what it is God would have me do. Yes. 
I have over 25 years in ministry. And I can tell you that I've spent some of that time trying to figure out what it is God would have me do. What is my calling, Lord? You know, sometimes we try to figure it out, but it can be confusing and frustrating. How many know it can be confusing and frustrating? You know, sometimes discerning God's voice when he calls can be difficult. And, and the problem is, is that we serve a mysterious God, but we live in a culture of certainty. And so the two sometimes don't mesh. They don't, they don't, they don't line up. Sometimes I wondered. I've never heard the audible voice of God. And I wonder what it would sound like. Is God a baritone when he calls me? Does he sound like Lugo? I, I don't know. But today I want to share a story from the word of God of a young boy who received his calling. If you would turn with me to Samuel, 1 Samuel 3. We're going to read the verses uh, 1 through 9. Actually, we'll start with 3. If you have it on your phone, your device, your Bible, or if even if you have it from memory. Oh, and it's, it's on the screen, too. So here's how it goes. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare. Kind of reminds me of today, doesn't it? And visions were quite uncommon. And one night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. And then it says, and I love this part, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. I love this. Because as long as the lamp of God is on, there is a chance. There is an opportunity. Look at the person next to you and say, the lamp of God is on. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. And suddenly, the Lord called out to Samuel, Samuel, Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? <laughs> I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. And so he did. Then the Lord called out to Samuel again. Samuel. And again Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. And here's where I'd like to make a pause because me being the person that I am and the mind that I have and being a dad, I remember when my kids were little and they'd come into the room and they'd say, Dad, I'm scared. And I'm like, it's okay. Give you a little comfort, a little hug, go back to bed. But then like 15 minutes later, they come back and, Dad, I'm scared. And I'm like, all right, we're going to have to give this kid some nighttime NyQuil or something because I need to sleep. And so I could imagine that, that Eli was going, what, what does he need? Warm milk, a cookie, an ambient? What, what, do we, what do we need to give this child to go to sleep? Here I am. Did you call me? Go back to bed. So Samuel didn't know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. And so the Lord called him a third time. Once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. And so he said to Samuel, go lie down again. And if someone calls you again, say, speak. Your servant is listening. And so Samuel went back to bed. Now I, wanna, I want you to keep in mind, put a place mark on this last verse, especially where it says Samuel 
go back to bed. In the New King James Version, it says, and Samuel went back to his place. You know, our calling is important to us. And the reason it's important to us is because until we discover our calling and our purpose, we will never be fully satisfied. How many know that? Right? So you can search and until you're doing something meaningful, something purposeful. And it's not just our calling. It's just life in general. We want to do stuff that makes a difference, stuff that feels important, that's important to somebody that makes a difference in our world. And until we're operating in that calling, it's going to be difficult. And, you know, the thing is, is that it's ingrained in us. You know, that's how God created us. He created us to, to do purposeful and meaningful and impactful things because he created us in his image. And the God we serve is purposeful and impactful. And what he does is meaningful. And so we spend time searching. I know I did for 25 years on and off. And sometimes we're chasing after things and trying to make God's calling about things that we've, we have no purpose doing because God never really called us to do those things. I know I've done it. I know I've spent my wheels, you know, trying to do things that I thought was meaningful. But God never really called me to do those things. Everyday life can be an impediment. You know, how many people know life is busy? How many people know we, we just went through, or we're still going through, I guess, a pandemic. And then we had all this unrest. And we had all these situations. And a lot of people just are trying to figure life out. And you might be here today, you might be saying, this guy's talking about finding my calling. I can't even find my keys. <laughs> calling? I need a job. I don't need to find my calling. I need to find a job. Well, I got good news for you. I believe God's got a word, and it's going to address all those situations. Now, before we continue, I just want to kind of go over the, 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 the history, the, the, what was going on during the time of Samuel's call. And you're going to find out that it's connected very much to how things are going today. And so we have, you know, Samuel and we have Hannah, his mom. And then we have Elkanah, her husband. And, and, and Elkanah um, had two wives. Now, um, I have one wife, and I don't even know how to do one wife. I can't imagine having two wives. That would just be crazy. But he had. He had two wives. The second one was named Peniah, uh, and, um, and she had a lot of babies, right? And so, and so Peniah, b- because she had a lot of babies, would look at Hannah and tease her because Hannah was barren. She couldn't have children. And so she would go, I got a lot of babies and you don't. I got a lot of babies and you don't. And Hannah was losing her mind. And back then, you had to have babies. You had to have children to be respected, to get props. And Hannah had none. And so Hannah began to pray, Lord, if you give me a child, I will dedicate him to you. That's, that's a serious prayer. I don't know if you know that. That's a serious prayer. And so the Lord answered her, and she bore Samuel. And when Samuel was about four years old, she took him to the temple. She completed her promise. She took him to the temple and dropped him off in the care of Eli, only to see him once a year. Could you imagine that? And, and so on Eli's side, Eli was the priest carrying of the temple. He had two sons. They were called Hophni and Phinehas. And these are not good boys. 
they, they were doing all kinds of things. They were stealing from the sacrifice and the offering to the Lord. They would tell people at the temple, cut off the fat of the offering, give it to us. And they would say, no, that's, that belongs to God. You get what's left. No, 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 we're going to take this. They were having relations with women at the temple. They were stealing and lying and beating people up. And here's the problem. Eli knew about it, but he did nothing. And so the Lord said, it's time to change the regime. It's time to make a transition. I'm going to do a new thing. How many people love it when God does a new thing? I love when God does a new thing. And so the answer, what appears to be the answer to Hannah's prayer turns out to be the plan and purpose of God for all of Israel. And, and later on in chapter 4 and 5, it, doesn't, it says, and, and, and the people heard the word of Samuel. It doesn't even say heard the word of the Lord. It says it heard the word of Samuel, which me, to me just means so much because Samuel now becomes God's mouth. He's speaking on behalf of God. And so what apparently looks like a simple, nice story of a woman who couldn't have a child and she has a child, we see God's working way before and way after. And that's how God does. That's how he works. You know, it's funny because we live in a world with so much information. Information is commonplace. How many people know all you got to do is Google it? That's one of the fears of a preacher is that you're up here and you say something, and then all of a sudden you see phones go up and everybody's Googling what you said. I'm not worried about that, though. So we live in a world that's full of information. It's commonplace. You know, the truth is we don't even know who we could trust anymore. The other day, well, I got to admit, I felt, you know, fake news on social media. I fell for it. I was reading an article about Bigfoot. And I was like, I got excited because I really want to believe in Bigfoot. I, 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 you know, I kind of like, I, like, I want to believe in the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, I mean, I like that kind of stuff, right? Don't judge me. Don't judge me. So I've fallen for it. But you know, our problem today is not so much that we're hungry for information. I think our problem today is that we're starving for the truth. There's not enough truth out there for us. You know, we have access to the Word of God. How many people have the app, the Bible app on their phones? You know, you could click that and somebody with a British accent is going to read you the Word. And I don't know why, but the British accent is soothing to me. I wonder if in Britain, when they click their Bible app, if somebody in an American accent speaks over there. Uh, and I don't know if it's soothing or not. There's questions that I have, right? There's questions that I have. But it's not so much our access to the Word of God. It's more our attitude towards the Word of God. You know, when the Word of God becomes common, as information is in our day, then God becomes just as common. As everything else. And I got news for you. God is not common. We do not serve a common God. The God that I serve, the God that you serve, does not do common things. He does above and beyond. He does the supernatural. He does the stuff that we cannot explain. And you know, science would make you think They've got it all figured out and they can explain. But science is catching up to what God's already done and created. It's not the other way around. And so today a lot of what, if, what is interpreted as a calling from God really 
are selfish, self-pleasing, self-agendas, self-centered interpretations of what God, what we would want God to call us to. I mean, I, I can tell you that when I first started out in ministry, I was a drummer. I loved drumming. But I wanted God to call me to one of these awesome bands, and I wanted to tour the country and let my hair go. Oh, man. <laughs> and I, that's what I wanted to do. And so I started forcing my way into that when I didn't realize that God had a different plan. He has something different. And so I began to shape God and interpret God and, and create this God that would serve me. But that's not God at all. You know, during Eli's culture, during the time of Eli, the culture was that of neglect. It was of denial. And it was of compromise. Does that sound familiar? They, they if they could, I mean, they negotiated with God. It's kind of what we do today. We negotiate with God. We try to create this God that fits into what we want, into our agenda, into our lifestyle. Well, I like this part about God, but I don't really like this part about God, so we're going to take that out. But God's none of those things. You know who God is? God is who he says he is in his word. If you want to know God, get into the word of God. And so... Instead of worshiping God for himself, we worship an idea of God that's wrapped up around what we want our calling to be. Hey, I come to church and I, I want to be on the, on the worship team or I want to be on this team or I want to. And we just start molding and shifting and manipulating our way into whatever it is we think we want. But you know, instead of treating God like God, we treat him like a resource and he's become more like Siri than a savior. You ever talked to Siri and said, hey Siri, what's good around here? Hey Siri, what's the restaurant? Hey Siri, what's the weather like? Hey Siri, did the lightning win last night? They did, they did, see that? It's godly, it's godly. And, and see, we don't get to tell our savior what we want, we should be asking him what he wants. Because it is in that where we will find true satisfaction. Many times we think we're going to find purpose in, in, in our agenda and our doing, but the reason we ask God is because only God knows what's going to really, truly satisfy your soul. And he's willing to give it to you. But you have to ask him, what would you have, Lord? What would you do? And it's not until I treasure the voice of God and who that voice belongs to, not until I submit to the voice of God and what he's telling me, and until I consecrate myself, I won't be able to completely get a hold of the voice of God and his calling for my life. You know, we, we have a lot of trouble recognizing God's voice, but, but I think it's because a lot of times in our minds, we've shaped the perception of what God should sound like, what God should be doing. Note to self, God is God. He doesn't have to conform to my ideas. He doesn't have to conform to what I like and what I don't like. You see, sometimes we forget that he's the creator and we're the creation and not the other way around. 
We long for the revealed and perfect will of God. And sometimes it sounds different, very different than what we think. You know, for, for, for me, the way I knew God was calling me was because of my desires, my, you know, the opportunities that were presenting themselves to me, some effectiveness, some talents, natural talents that God has placed in me, right? Confirmation and the things that were convicting in my heart. Those are things that God put in me. And he's done the same for you because God's created you a certain way for a certain thing that he has for you. This is very exciting to me. I love that because I think that, 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 that just encourages me to know that God's at work. You know, just like me, God's called each and every one of us to do something. The problem becomes, well, what is that something? What is it that I would have, what God would have me to do? In today's Christian culture, there's lots of emphasis and pressure placed on finding your calling. Does this happen? You know, I, I got to tell you, early in my career, early in my walk with the Lord, my big thing was, hey, you got to find your calling, you got to find. And I'm a little bit ashamed to say that because that's not biblical. Listen to me. Do you know what your calling is? Do you know what your calling is? Do you know what your calling is? Did you find your calling? What's your calling? Did you find your calling? Do you know what your calling is? What's your calling? Am I getting annoying yet? Right, that's annoying, isn't it? Well, I got to tell you, the problem with that is that it creates a lot of frustration and confusion. And I got to tell you, you, you know, if, you, if you've missed it, if you've not responded, here, here's, you're in good company. Because Samuel didn't get it the first three times. But then we look at other people in the word. Moses kind of missed the boat a little bit. So did Abraham. So did Peter. So did Paul, just to name a few. They didn't get it right on the first try. But the great thing about it is that God continues to call. God continues to pursue us. You know, finding your calling is not a biblical concept. It's a cultural concept. Now hang on, don't, don't throw stones at me. If the text that we just read is correct, if, if, if what we just read about Samuel and his calling is correct, then listen to what I have to say to you right now. If you are serving God and you are serving others and you are serving the purpose of the season that you're in, you don't have to find your calling. Your calling will find you. You see, the interesting thing is that we spin our wheels trying to find what it is ultimately that God would have us do. And what God would have us do is right in front of you, serving at local church. Wow. It's amazing to me how many times I speak to Christians and they're telling me about what they think their calling is and where they're going and all these beautiful, uh, amazing dreams that they have. And then when I ask them, well, what are you doing right now? I'm waiting on the Lord. <laughs> You're going to be waiting a long time. You know, when Samuel heard the voice of God, it sounded like something he had heard before. Sometimes God speaks through our wives, our pastor, 
a good friend. Sometimes God speaks through our children. They don't know it, and I'm not going to admit it to them, but God's spoken to me <laughs> through both my boys. What does the voice of God sound like to you? You know, it's confusing because I said earlier that, that everyday life can be frustrating and challenging to finding your calling or your calling finding you. And, and, and we have lots of callings. That's the truth is that we have many callings. How many husbands are here? How many wives? How many sons and daughters, right? We have a lot of callings. And so for us to find the one purpose that God has intention would be crazy because God's purpose is all those things. But it is in all those things that we find the ultimate purpose. You see, what God is doing is he never stops. He's preparing us. He's pouring into us. And in your season of being a husband, in your season of being a wife, in your season of whatever that is, serve the season, the purpose of that season, and you will find that God's calling is going to find you. Serve it and serve it well. You see, Samuel had the right passion but he ran to the wrong person. It's kind of like our culture today. We have a passion. We want to do something. We want something to happen. But we're going to the wrong places. We're chasing prophets and revival services. We're chasing teachers and preachers and, and the, the latest flavor of the week. When the answer is right here locally. is right here in the word of God. You know, there's a big battle going on today between culture and connection, relationship. You know, if we follow culture to find our calling, it's going to be very, very confusing. It's going to be unclear. We're going to run to everyone for a word. We're going to try many things unsuccessfully, leading to frustration, and eventually cause us to give up. But if we follow connection, which is relationship, we're going to realize that the first call that we all have is the call of God unto himself. Listen to me very carefully. We're running around trying to find satisfaction in all kinds of things. But when we stop and we realize that God has called us first unto himself, I guarantee you, you're going to find satisfaction. I guarantee your eyes are going to be opened to a whole nother world, a whole nother line of purpose. See, God did it that way so that we're not serving the purpose and not the purpose maker. Because we chase that. That's why the tabernacle kept moving from place to place. Because people have a tendency to worship the building. People have a tendency to worship the structure. God's not a building. God's not a structure. And so God wants you to search and serve him so that your purpose and plan can be revealed, not the other way around. And sometimes we get it wrong, people. Sometimes we get, I got it wrong. Samuel had a passion. He had the right passion, but he ran to the wrong person. And that's why we need to be in continual relationship with God. God used Eli to call Samuel, but it was God that he had to run to. Who are we running to? When we have questions, when we have doubt, when things don't go so well. Who are we running to? Who are we running to when we have issues in our relationships? When the pandemic causes us to lose our income, 
when things change and unexpected things happen? Who are we running to? You know, if you get it wrong, it's okay, remember. Samuel got it wrong a few times. But here's the thing. God will continue to call. God will continue to seek you. You can't out-tire God. You can't frustrate God. You can't make God quit. Because if you are trying to do that, you're the one who's going to be frustrated. Because God will not stop pursuing you. That's how much he loves you. You know, it's kind of like when you buy a car. Anybody ever bought a car before or is in the process of buying a car? You get that car or you're looking for that car and every other car is that car. Has that ever happened to you? You just go out there and you buy a Honda or a Hyundai or Toyota, whatever it is you get, and then all of a sudden every other car is a Camry. It's like, whoa, I didn't even know there was this many Camrys. Oh, see, the Lord is speaking to me. Now I got to get a Camry because there's a lot of, well, actually, there really are a lot of Camrys, but maybe that's a bad example. But, but that's how God is. He'll continually show up in your life, pointing, pointing, and saying, look, remember this? I'm not tired. I haven't stopped. I'm not frustrated. I haven't forgotten. You are in my plans. You are in my plans. First Samuel 3.9, I told you we were going to get back to this, and I'm going to close with this. In First Samuel 3.9, we see that Eli tells him to go lie down again. And he says, if somebody calls you, this is how you're going to respond. Speak, for your servant is listening. Now, here's the part that I want you to focus on. It says, and Samuel went back to bed. In the New King James, it said, as Samuel went back to his place. Here's what I want you to understand. You've got to be in your place for God to call you so that you can receive that call. If you're not in your place, it's like ordering something from Amazon and not being home to get the delivery. You can't receive the package if you're not there. And so you have to be in your place to receive the call of God on your life. If it is God who's calling, he will continue to call. All we got to have is availability. Be in your place. Be in that position of availability. I'll leave you with this question. Are you ready to be available to God? Are you available to say, speak, your servant is listening. Here I am when God calls. Thank you so much for joining us on The Local Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to local church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to local.church give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.